Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in again today. We are concluding a series, a three-part one, and we have called it Moed, Understanding Father's Seasons. And we have talked about from the very beginning that if we do not have a proper understanding of what the Word of God says, seasons even means in Genesis chapter 1, we will be off from the very beginning because the sun and moon are not in place solely to show us when winter, spring, summer, and fall are taking place. In fact, they are set to do what? Reveal to us Father's appointed times. And we have talked in part one and in part two about some of the reasons why we as a people at at large, the, the body of Messiah for the most part, have been very ignorant towards um, memorializing and remembering Yahweh's feast. It, it is, I would say you, we can simplify it in two, it's a twofold, it's a two-headed monster. One, poor doctrine and tradition. We have been handed theology that says that uh, identity issues have dis- discluded us from being people who memorialize Yahweh's appointed times. And part two of that, which we covered in, in part two of this um, series, is that we are told that Hasatan, the adversary, um, wanted to ascend to the highest heaven and you know usurp um, Yahweh's authority, of course, and sit upon the mount of Moed to sit upon the appointed times. And and I propose in part two that I believe he has been very successful in doing that. Why do I say that? Well, that was in part two as well, because he was successful in the Garden of Eden. When all this is getting started, post-Genesis 1, only two chapters later, he succeeds in doing that with Adam and Eve. And I propose that that set in place a pattern that has, has continued on to today, that most of us walked in or presently walk within, which is we're not showing up for Yahweh's appointed time to walk with us in the cool of the day. Our version of that, if you will, are his moed, his appointed times. When he said on these times, these appointed times, these seven times a year and Sabbath, I am coming to meet with my people. And as I said in part two, I believe he's saying the same thing today as he said to Adam in the garden in Genesis 3, which is, where are you? You're not showing up. And it grieves his heart. I I am convinced that just as it did then, it grieves him that the apple of his eye, humanity, and of course, most importantly, his his people who, who call themselves according to his name don't show up for his appointed times. And so we've talked about that, I believe, in great measure, and we'll conclude um, this series um, in this part here. And what I say at the end of that one is that we see the biblical pattern that Yahweh extends himself to man. And he, he has done it throughout all ages in many differing ways, but the, the pattern is clear. He longs to meet with mankind. Um, if, if, you, you, if you're not familiar with all the teachings we have on here in series, I did a series um, back in December of last year, and I talked about Christmas, but not just attacking Christmas and degrading the Christmas holiday and how it's pagan, idolatrous, and all that. But what I talked about was was kind of what I'm talking about within this, is the crux of what I was saying then, um, and specifically to this why I'm bringing it up now, is I wrote a very small fiction story 
um, that I called Father's Appointed Times, where I talked about the vantage point of a natural situation where a father who goes to a cabin every year at a designated time and his, his, his family comes to join him. And they have all these precious times together and they share in this and it's, it's, a, it's a time, it's an appointed time where every year he longs for it. He can't wait for it to come. And he's so excited and blessed and it's, 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 it's a time for him to, to meet with his family and to share in these incredible things. And in the story, again, that you can find in part two of the Festivals of Men series, um, if you look for it in our playlist, you can find it there. And, and one by one, the children don't show up. And they write letters to him and tell him all these great reasons why. I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. And that's, we're doing new traditions now. Our family has adopted some new practices and new ways of doing things. We're, we love you. We're sorry, but we're just not coming anymore. Please, we hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, but we're not coming anymore. And I felt like the father's heart was really revealed in that short story that I wrote back in December and posted in that recording of father's heart. Because again, I'm trying to get us to think from his perspective, from his heart, what does he feel towards his children? Like Adam in the garden, not showing up to walk with him at that appointed time. And he has to say, son, where are you? Why aren't you here? Who have you been listening to that has changed our appointed designated time? I, I feel like that's very clear um, to explain what we're talking about. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 4, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. I want to talk about this because as I, as I compiled some things and was studying just some text, kind of, you know, following trails within this series specifically, I came across this and it just really stuck out to me. And I want to present it to you uh, for consideration to see if you feel like, if you feel like I do, which is okay. This this fits in this vein of thought very easily. Um, Moses called to all Israel and said to them, again, this is Deuteronomy chapter five. Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the ordinances that I am speaking in your hearing today. Learn them and make sure that you do them. Yahweh our Elohim cut a covenant with us in Horeb. Not with our fathers has Yahweh cut this covenant, but with us, all of us alive here today. Now, verse 4. This is what I want to kind of hone in on for a minute. Yahweh spoke with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. Now, despite this invitation by Yahweh um, to speak face to face with with men, Exodus 20 tells us that that his people say they they just can't handle hearing. Yahweh speak. They just can't, they can't hang with him. He's just too much, right? We know how it goes, and Moses becomes the mediator, and you go talk to him, and we'll be down here. Now, we're going to go uh, make a golden calf, um, but uh, yeah, we'll be down here. But you, 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 know, you know the story. The, the account, of course, is clear. Yahweh speaks to his people, and the thunderings, and the lightnings, and the cloud, and oh my gosh, um, and this, this goes back to what I said in part one, where so many people in, in hyper-spirituality are like, come God, show us your glory, bring us your presence, bring us your fire. Oh, burn me up with your fire, your blazing, hot, consuming fire. Burn me. And friend, oftentimes we don't have any clue what we're saying because these people, let's just read this account and be like, these are Yahweh's chosen set-apart people 
and they have encountered what we think we're crying out for, and they're like, I'm out of here, <laughs> right? Like, who? And then we get all these verses. Who can stand in the awesome presence of Yahweh Elohim and all these awesome things like Isaiah saw and experienced? But Yahweh spoke with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. And Exodus 20 goes on to kind of elaborate on these 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 uh, encounters with with Yahweh and His people. You know, Yahweh's saying, I'm going to come down, and Moses says, whoa, don't do that if you do that. I did a study on this several years back about um, if they break through to me, I have to break forth towards them. And whoa, that is a, friend, that's serious business, okay? We're talking about the awesome presence. Do we need to talk about Uzzah or these other accounts of of, of men trying to apprehend Yahweh's glory. Now, Uzzah wasn't trying to do that. I I feel bad for him. We talk about him a lot on the program. But you know what I'm saying. The glory and presence of Yahweh Elohim, friend, is not something to mess around with. It's not something to just cry out for because you hear a song that moves your, your emotions, okay? This is something very serious. And these people can't handle hearing him in Exodus 20. Why? Well, they can't they can't leave their idolatry. They can't shema. What's shema? Hebrew understanding is when you hear, you obey. It, they they are they are inseparable. When you shema, when you hear the word of Yahweh, you obey it. It was understood that it was always the same. If you hear, you obey. <laughs> Not hear and like, hmm. You can't shema and go your own way. You hear you obey. One, two. Okay? You obey what you hear. That's a proper understanding of hearing in uh, Hebrew understanding. Hearing means obeying. They couldn't stand it. Why? Because they knew they had to obey what they heard, is my whole point. Now, we see Father's great love and desire to meet with men over and over and over throughout history, culminating, of course, with Yeshua coming in the form of man. Why? To make the connection with Genesis chapter 3. He's now walking amongst men as man. <laughs> Crazy. The ultimate meeting, okay? The ultimate meeting in a natural form. Yahweh walking with men literally. And as we discussed and measure in the last series, Let There Be Light, all of time culminates in the future tense. It's yet before us. It's out here somewhere, a lot closer maybe than what we think on, on a normal day. But New Jerusalem is before us, and this is where Yahweh himself is so near that he literally illuminates all of the New Jerusalem world. A return to Eden. Okay, He is intimately acquainted with his people. He himself, as we talked about that series, I just want to talk about it all over again. He is the all-sufficient light of the New Jerusalem world. So, very similar, similar to creation seen playing out in nature that repeats itself in cyclical patterns, we have been given Yahweh's appointed times. As I said, I believe in part one, did the sun rise this morning? Is it going to set in a couple hours? Yes. Is it going to do it again tomorrow? Yes. Do you wonder if that creation fact will happen tomorrow? No. It's going to happen. It's a creation. It's... it's Evidence of Genesis chapter 1, yes, and equally so. Again, we're going to finish where we started. Yahweh's appointed times are a creation 
Genesis chapter 1 fact. The sun and moon are four seasons, Moed, the Moedim. In Yahweh's appointed times, just like we could say sunrise and sunset, they're beautiful. They're lovely. They, too, produce their fruit in their season. Okay? Man, there are videos out there that you could just watch and be like, oh, my gosh, about all of the imagery within the feast, within Sabbath, within, like, prophesied things um, that were types and shadows uh, of what we are in now and what we will be in in the future that we're all wrapped up within the appointed times that now in this present moment age we we practice we memorialize we remember we observe why because it's teaching us the 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 creation cycle of my father via his appointed times it it teaches me about yeshua's coming it teaches me about a coming kingdom it teaches me about the beauty of the harvest and and all these things are, are little gems, if you will, within Father's appointed times. They, too, produce fruit in their season, just like we know seasons, as we've already discussed, in great measure. But all of us, to, now to connect to the fall reality and the where are you, Adam, and how we mentioned in Isaiah and in Daniel, we see where the adversary has a, an agenda, if you will, a plan to usurp Father's appointed time's authority and sit upon them himself and eradicate them and replace them. And just like that, we've fallen prey to the same thing that Adam and Eve did, which is, you know what, we just know how to do things better. It's a lie that originated with the garden deception. We make our own festivals. Man has even modified creation itself. And I don't want to get sidetracked, but we have mishandled caring for plants and animals that we were given charge over. Even this we have perverted and altered for personal gain. We know how to make plants grow better. We know how to make bigger, better crops. We know how to make a chicken weigh 18 pounds in three weeks. We've got this. And do you see what I'm saying? We have harnessed creation that we were given dominion over now. But man, we've taken that dominion and we have squandered it. And we have improved it, we think, to be better. And in the process, we've ruined it. We've mishandled what has been given to us. So my challenge today is simple as we bring this to a close. Have you slowed down enough? I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning of part one of when I was walking my pasture just up and over that ridge there. And I sat down in the field. If you remember, I told you I sat and I looked at all the the very small flowers. Some were no more than maybe a quarter inch big. Maybe not even that. Have you slowed down enough in light of that, comparing that with Yahweh's appointed feast? to peer around and see the fruit of Father's seasons, which again are his appointed times. Just like the small flowers in the pasture, we have to slow down to see them. We have to change our perspective. We must look at things differently. If we assume that we will see it all moving along at our own pace, doing our own things, doing our normal Bible studies, walking in New Testament doctrine only when all that's past tense, and we're just flying along, Paul, 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 gospel, 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 we may miss it. 
we may miss Genesis chapter 1 and the creation-based appointed times. According to our own understanding, we will not see it. So, we have to sit and see what the Creator established in creation. Just like the seasons that were established and continue now in their cycle, winter, spring, summer, fall, predictable, and within those, certain things take place that are necessary for life to perpetually continue. Father's Moed continue. Passover, first fruits, Shavuot, Pentecost. Yom Teruah, trumpets, which is where we came into all this, the revelation I had about Yom Teruah. Atonement, Sukkot, which is tabernacles, booths. And Shabbat, Sabbath. These are creation patterns. These are creation, Genesis chapter 1, cycles. So the question is this. Where are you with these things, friend? Where are you? If you are a million miles along, be reminded of the beauty of the invitation to walk in the cool of the day according to Father's appointed times, man. Incredible. And if you are not doing them, I ask, friend, in light of what I've presented and and maybe what Holy Spirit has illuminated to you through my attempt to show you what I'm learning and what I've added to my life, is it possible that you have fallen victim to the plan of the adversary that we have been told clearly in scripture study it for yourself friend that his agenda his purpose was to sit upon the mount of moed and friends will we not say that that if if these Moedim, if these appointed times are a Genesis 1 fact for all of creation to acknowledge and live within so that they know Father's appointed ways, times, purposes, if those have been removed, that would be quite a success for the enemy uh, to have accomplished. If we're ignorant towards the times of when Yahweh wants to meet with his people. I mean, just think about that and then I'll stop talking. If, if you were an enemy of God and you knew you knew that he wanted to meet with his people, you knew that he would meet with his people at appointed times. Let's, let's make it simple. I believe this matters, so I'm, I'm not just being I'm not rambling here, please, just listen to what I'm going to present. Perhaps this is what the Spirit's saying. Let's make it as simple as we can. If you are an enemy of Yahweh, an adversary, meaning like you are pit against him, you hate him, you hate his ways, he has brought judgment upon your head, and you are cursed because of what you've done in your heart of rebellion to ascend to the highest heaven and to sit upon his throne, which you cannot do. But if you are that enemy of Yahweh, and you know that Yahweh meets with his people on Tuesday mornings, at 10 o'clock in Dallas, Texas, and you know that's a sure thing, done deal. It's a creation fact. <laughs> Would you not go through every possible means necessary to make sure there's no way in the world anybody's getting to Dallas, Texas at Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock? Because you hate your enemy, Yahweh, meeting with his people. 
friends, I feel like I feel like humanity and and sadly, most importantly, Yahweh's people have missed that um, Bible verse playing out in our time for generations. As I said, for generations, endless generations, perpetuating this this deception that we don't have to show up for Yahweh's appointed times. So that's my question to you, friend, is according to the word of God. And according to what you would say in your own heart to ask the Father questions, because I've talked to people and they say, well, I asked God if I'm supposed to do that, and he said no. (laughs) I can't argue with that. Nobody knows the heart of a man, not even ourselves. But according to the Bible, according to Genesis 1 and 3 and Isaiah and Daniel and Deuteronomy and a tiny bit of Leviticus, just these, these few passages. Does it seem like we have missed Yahweh's appointed times? So, this is the Moed in tiny measure, scratching the surface to understand Father's seasons. I hope it's been something of, of life um, to provoke thought and question for you uh, throughout this three-part series. So I thank you for watching. Um, May his word speak whatever he desires to speak to whoever has ears to hear. And I hope it's me. I hope it's you, friend. Because, man, if Father wants to show up and meet with me, I'm going to be there. And I want you to be there with me so that we can know what he is saying. Because um, we will need to know. We, it's not, we're not going to need to know tomorrow, man. We need to know right now. So I pray that you are leaning in to hear what the Father's speaking and showing up for his moed, his appointed times and knowing his seasons. So thank you for watching. This has been the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Reach out to us and email us, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know anything you might need that we can encourage you towards or pray for you about. Uh, Thank you for watching. Amen.